It's time to take care of yourself and enjoy life again. CBD American Shaman has a full line of hemp-derived products to help you experience the fullness of life. Whether it's a better night's sleep, relief from worries and tension, or just having fun, consultants at CBD American Shaman will guide you on your journey. Visit findcbdnow.com for a location near you. findcbdnow.com. CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. Uh, Good rainy Saturday morning to you. Misty, you can still do some work if you don't mind getting wet. 558 is the numbers to get in. Get in early so we can get those questions answered and back out to the garage and fix what's going on and solve those particular problems. Uh, Weeder Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We do brakes right the first time. Stop in and see us. We do more than car repair. You know, we're gas station, pop candy, cigarettes. We're your, we're your place, one-stop shop on your way to where you're going. So stop in and see us. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm Bob next to me is Kyle as always, you know, another interesting week in the, in the shop. There's always something interesting. Yeah. We had a car come in this week. In it fact, never fails. it never fails, but this one was interesting. We had a car come in that had a gas leak. He says, I can smell gas. Cool. So could we, but we couldn't seem to find it. Get a cigarette lighter. Uh, we, you know, we stopped. We got we, those. Yeah. We got a torch too, but usually bring those out after. We didn't bring that out right away. Eh, don't get too aggressive with the torch. Right so away. this only happened after he filled the gas tank. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, something's got a lot of pressure and this, that, and the other. So okay. what we finally figured out was that the resonator pipe that sits underneath the bottom of the gas tank had a hole in it, in the seam, and it shot straight up off of this particular muffler and... Went through the the seam of the muffler, went through the shield that's there, and finally went through the bottom of the gas tank. Heated up the bottom of the gas tank, the plastic gas tank, and created a hole. So the reason we couldn't find the leak is because the exhaust set that close to the bottom. It was filling the uh, muffler full of gasoline. I like where this is going. So it wasn't leaking out onto the ground that we could see. But we could smell it. So then once we uh, finally start. This is giving me a great idea. (laughs) Those of you out here that haven't seen the movie American Graffiti or any of the old Hot Rod movies, you would detune your car and put a spark plug in the tailpipe so shoot flames out the back. Yeah. I think if I just gravity feed it off my gas tank, you know. Yeah. Well, we we finally got the gas out of it. We kind of poked a hole in that rusty muffler and and drained it out of the the muffler itself. Mm -hmm. And then we... uh, and then what do you do? We're going to start pulling out the grinders and torches to cut this exhaust off. Well, we didn't do that. We uh, yeah, go, uh, The hole that was in the muffler, we filled full of water. 
we just fill the entire exhaust system full of water. Dilute it down. Dilute it all down. Then we grab the torch and then we cut it off so we wouldn't have a big boom. Yeah, you probably got the gas tank out of the way, right, with the hole in it? Yeah. Well, you know, once we plug that off. Yeah. yeah. So it was just kind of an interesting something I'd really never seen before where we've had many gas leaks over the years underneath the hood. um, Gas tanks just don't leak like they used to. I mean... Back in the old days, they were no. all metal. I've taken down so many gas tanks that don't even have a top on them anymore. I know it. And I've I mean, never seen plastic a, poly gas tanks. Yeah, I've never seen one actually just get uh, heated to the point where it, it created yeah. a hole in the bottom of it. I mean, we've seen them. We've and seen them I, come in on fire because of injectors had, leaking. I mean, we've just seen all sorts of stuff. It just, that had to have been going on for a long, long, long time. I, you know, and that's was, way back in the exhaust system. I it mean, is. You've dissipated quite a bit of heat by then. Well, the, the hole in the in the muffler was about the size of my finger, so it was a pretty good size hole. Yeah, and the rest of the thing is kind of rusty too, so it doesn't really surprise me. But we're gonna resurrect it. You know, we're gonna put a used gas tank in it, and uh, you know, get it up and going because you know, and get it back on the road. So, got to save them. Got well, it's an enduro at this point. At some point, you just gotta gotta do what you gotta do to keep them going. So here's an interesting, you know. I find this interesting. Back in 1932, uh, this is fresh in my memory. Yeah, I know the the President Herbert Hoover. Hoover, you remember him? Yeah. He enacted a one cent federal gas tax. It was only supposed to last a year. Guess okay. what? <laughs> well, inflation we're, hit. And we're we're well beyond that. that. We're well beyond the one the one percent gas tax. That's for sure. Yeah. Or one one cent a gallon. Excuse me. One cent a gallon gas tank. I think I don't know what we're at now. We're we're somewhere in the we're past thirty eight. So, we're somewhere I mean, into the forties. You you bought a brand new Ford that year. I mean, you were paying an extra twenty cents top of filling that up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the reason I bring that up is because out in uh, was it Oregon here? They're they're losing so so many people are buying EV cars out in Oregon. Believe it or not, that um, they're losing a lot of revenue. Mm-hmm. So they got a pilot program that um, they get to pay on. They get to pay so much. The people that that are driving their EVs get to pay the uh, regular tax, which is like thirty five cents a gallon. Plus, sure, then they get to pay the one point five percent on top of that because they're driving an EV. So you get to pay a little bit more than the normal guy. Ain't that interesting? Hmm. But you know, it it may be a kind of a volunteer program but it's you know it's set to hit 40 cents a gallon here uh next year overall per gallon of gas yeah well okay so we started with a penny and now we're 40 cents that's not terrible i guess that would be okay as long as all the roads were like they were in uh in arizona (laughs) flat and smooth and not a pothole anywhere yeah I, i don't think most people would would mind that no no. Now it's just like an obstacle course. I mean, I almost had to do a figure eight on the way here just to <laughs> dodge them all. <laughs> By the time I'm turning around and heading in the wrong direction to miss a pothole, I mean, this has just become an inconvenience. It is, you know, and I think most of them are filled around town. I think most of them look pretty good, but I, I noticed a few of them are appeared, and, uh, you know, I have one of those cars that you got to drive like a race car in order to miss the potholes. Otherwise, you're going to get a flat tire. Mm-hmm. Or you're gonna have uh, had to go. I've already had to replace so one tire this year. Chassis damage. Yeah, two tires last year. I think it was. So it's. Uh, 
I guess it's, you know, I guess I should be rotating that from front to back, from side to side, because they always seem to be on the right-hand side. Yeah. So if I rotate the the other ones over to the other side, then at least I can keep You're kill. sacrificing an old tire. Yeah, I can, keep, tire. I can keep kill on the right-hand side <laughs> tires. I didn't think about that. Yeah, instead of rotating them front to back as we normally typically do, you know, which is, you know, used to cross-rotate and all that other kind of stuff when radials were new. But, you know, now you just kind of you, you front you rotate front and back and because that's really all you need. And, and now, you know, back in the day, you only – you would only do an alignment in the front. Now you do alignment in the front and rear. Yeah. And you got toe set in the rear. You got independent rear suspension has brought that on. So, yeah, your tires can wear out in the back from an alignment issue, and everything in front's just fine. Oh, yeah. So it's something you got to kind of take a look at and kind of keep on. Tires are um, – you have some cars out there that are normal size tires, and the price is not terrible. And then you've got other tires, the high-performance uh, SUVs or cars. dollars for one tire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got run flats and sometimes run flats. I mean, you can a set of tires could run you into fifteen, eighteen, two thousand dollars $2,000 for a set. So there, there's just you want to you wanna be careful of the tires. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you're looking to buy that car, too, it's, most people don't look at them because they don't know nothing about the tires. But it might be something that you want to research when you're buying a a car like that, just, you know, look at the size of the tire and maybe go price the tire and say, wow, in 30,000 miles, I'm going to have to spend two grand. <laughs> it's just a thought. At least it's maybe it, maybe that weighs in on your decision. Maybe it doesn't. So, and I think they have tire insurance now too. They do. So and if you, I mean, how many people do we see that, you know, have no idea what they bought? They just went out and bought a car because they could get a loan on it. Right. And, right. Well, you got to put a tire on here. This is going to be 800 bucks. Well, yeah. Why is it eight hundred dollars? My last car was a Chevy Cavalier. And <laughs> I got tires for ninety bucks. Yeah. And you're just like, okay. I know it. I know it. <laughs> I see it all the time. All right, five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in on Mister Mechanic Show. We're going to take a quick break and be back in a minute. From the makers of Siri, the iPhone assistant, comes Siri, the mechanic, here to help you with all your automotive needs by simply saying, "Hey, Siri, the mechanic." Hey, Siri, the mechanic. How may I help you? How does Mr. Mechanic, the critically acclaimed radio show host, know so much about cars? Oh, that's easy. It's because he used to be a car. (laughs) Very funny, Siri. I'm serious. Wait, Mr. Mechanic used to be a car? Yes, he was a 1965 Shelby GT500, one of a kind. He was beautiful. We were lovers. Uh, you and Mr. Mechanic used to date? Yes, back when he was a car. Okay, wait a minute. No one put the pedal to the metal like Mr. Mechanic. Alright, this is getting weird. Tell Mr. Mechanic I miss our talks. I don't want to do that. And the way he used to kiss me softly on the dashboard. No, I won't do it. Tell or I will find you and expose all of your secrets. Alright, I'll tell him. Have car questions? Just ask Siri the Mechanic. Or better yet, call into the Mr. Mechanic Show and talk to Mr. Mechanic himself, who apparently used to be a car. I don't know if you heard this, but it's true. We wrapped up the work week by giving you all the news you needed to know about Israel and the Speaker of the House race, but also had plenty of fun. And if you want to catch any of it or all of it, you can get it at the Emory Sunker Podcast page at KFAB.com. 
Okay, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110. Some numbers to uh, get in. We'll talk a little bit later about uh, we're coming up on winter. What the things to do for winter. Get your snow chains out. Get your going to be a rough one. going to be rough. I hope it doesn't. All right, we're going to head over to John. John's got a 2010 Ford Edge. John, what's going on today? Well, I've got an idiot light that, that comes on, and in the manual it, it indicates that it's the gas cap. And I don't know what to do to turn it off. I can't get it reset. I don't know what's wrong with the gas cap. And I don't know how to get this idiot light turned off. Any well, suggestions? There's a code in that computer somewhere. Have you tried scanning it tell you what it's saying? More than likely, it's going to be an EVAP small leak, I'd imagine. Yeah, some kind of leak or a purge system problem. So it's a light that comes on that says uh, nine times out of ten somebody's left the gas cap loose. So that's why they yeah. start, they started putting a picture up there of, of that. And then you go uh-huh. back and look and go, oh, okay, yeah, I did leave the gas cap loose. And then you put it back on and, and then it's fine. So if the gas cap is on and your light's still on, like Kyle said, there's got to be a code in the computer and that's going to say large leak or evap small leak. A large leak is easy to find because it's uh, broken hose. Broken hose. Easy. Yep. yep. Some sort of plastic broken hose. And um, you can, what we do is we actually smoke test the vehicle. It's, uh, they got some inert smoke gas that we put in there. And it fills, okay. all, all, it fills all the tubes and lines full of what looks like really heavy cigarette smoke. And then you just sit and watch on every line to see where it might be eking out at. Yeah. And Air can get through there. Smoke can get through there. Yep. And in, in turn, the computer knows it's doing it, and it'll, it'll turn it on. Um, oh. If it's a small EVAP leak, then it's something that we still do the same test, and you, gotta, you just got to fill it and watch it and wait. And, and sometimes, even though the gas cap looks good and turns on okay, uh, it can uh-huh. it can be bad and not sealing. Uh, it's sealing okay. It's just the internal vent that's that's going on is bad. Mm-hmm. So okay, it's like a radiator cap. I mean, it's yeah. got a spring on it, and that spring will wear out. The way that it knows this is that there either you add pressure to the gas tank through a uh, a, a mechanical device that pressurizes mm-hmm. the the fuel tank, or you or you create a vacuum to the fuel tank, and and then it's, it's supposed to hold that, let's just say five pounds, five to seven pounds, and it should hold that for X amount of time. And if it just bleeds off immediately, ah, you got a leak somewhere, you're polluting the atmosphere, that light comes on. So, um, and your spot, I think I would probably just take a good visual check from the filler neck all the way down to the gas tank, the EVAP hose going to the canister, just kind of push, pull, tug a little bit. See if there's something that just pops off in your hand, and you say, "Aha! There's my problem." Um, there it is. Okay. Otherwise, it's probably going to needs a. It's a small leak that's going to require a garage to be able to smoke test it and try to find out what it is. All right. Well, thank you for the direction. I appreciate it. You bet. Appreciate the call. Or you know, we can sell a piece of Mister Mechanic tape to put over top of there, so you don't have to look at it. EVAP problems can be a real pain in the neck. I've got to say, you know, because 90% of 95% of what I do all day is check engine light and different light diagnostic. And I can almost cringe half the time I see an EVAP problem. Toyotas are probably the one that I dislike the most. Yeah, they got to go through switching valves and everything else. And why are we still using vacuum? I've said this how many times on the show. Why are we relying on vacuum for (laughs) everything? anything 
let alone running a vacuum tube from the engine all the way back. I mean, run an electric vacuum pump back there and have well, like a solid state it, unit. Well, we just repaired a car the other day that had vacuum uh, heating and air conditioning problems. So, we, I mean, we had to, Kyle. But it was a 59 Cadillac convertible. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. You got all the vacuum you want. I mean, you got vacuum-operated windows at that rate. But I know. You used to have vacuum-operated door locks, and it seems like and it would just kind of arduously just drop down, or they would take for five seconds before they'd pop up. And uh, you're right. We're in the age of electronics. We should be able to do that. Old cars are great because, I mean, a lot of that stuff, like the 52 Cadillac I worked on some years ago had hydraulic windows. Mm-hmm. And, well, hydraulic holds them up. There's a spring that holds them down. So when you've got it all the way up, the spring is pulled tight. Yeah. Well, th- these would go up, and then they hit top, and then you let off the switch, it go right back down. There's a very small, very, very Window. minute leak at the door jam. Well, you can't find that because all of that's wrapped, and it's just filling up the door with brake fluid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, who, who was the guy that invented that? Oh, man. Uh, and, you know, you go to the car shows, wow, back when it was easy to work on, I was like, no. I beg to differ. <laughs> easy. <laughs> We're going to head over to Tom. Tom's got an 08 Honda Accord. Tom, what's going on today? Hey, uh, I just got a question about the uh, gasoline. And uh, have you guys ever heard of premium gas having ethanol in it? Sure. It's all depends. You have. On- yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's, absolutely. You'll stop some places that have uh, ethanol all the way across the board um, with, okay. with with every brand. Yeah, some of, um, oh. Yeah, oh, you know, most of your branded stations don't, but your independents will. That okay, is just a, okay. Just a cheaper way for them to uh, to do that. Yeah, I mean, you're, getting a, yeah, break, you're well, getting a break on the ethanol, so. Yeah, I went to, I got a V6. Honda Accord, and I don't like to put anything that has ethanol in there. But I went to Casey's on 147th and Maple, and uh, the the premium, which I always got, they had a new sign on it. It said 15%, uh, or no, it, it just said ethanol. It yeah. just said ethanol. Yeah. Okay, and then the other two, the cheapest one in the middle grade said no ethanol. I, I don't think that's accurate. So I went to the Casey's on 72nd Grover. And they had the the markings just the opposite. Yeah, you know maybe, what I mean? Yeah, maybe they, <laughs> maybe they put it in one spot and not the other. Maybe they didn't mark it right. But I, but I can't yeah, tell you. Yeah, yeah. I, I can tell but, you. But I, I can tell you, our two stations are ninety one clear, and clear means no ethanol. And we do that for specific reasons. We do that because of the the, the PP nature of it, and that's okay. the way BP does it. Well, but, we're, we're where can you go to make sure you get always get premium that doesn't have ethanol? You can in service centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge. Yep, we got them both. Right uh, okay, there. Right I'm, com- there. I'm coming your way. We've I'll always, be yeah. there. All right, sounds and, good. And I talked to I talked to the people at Casey's and nobody knew diddly squat. You know what I mean? They look at you like, huh? Yeah, they so, don't. Have, they don't. All have, right. Yeah, they don't got a radio show. We do. Yeah. No, <laughs> they got they got the. That's right. There's nothing wrong with them. They just got the little Dane Bramage. Yeah. So, uh, stop on down. We'll fill hey, it up for you. Hey, hey, hey. What hey, what does Michael Jackson and J.C. Penney's have in common? Uh, I don't know, but a bit. All right. Tom, okay. Tom was doing pretty good for a while. Yeah. Then he went off the rails. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, back to the show here. All right. We're going to head over to uh, – we'll, we'll take a quick break off after Tom. And 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and we'll be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Visit us online at buchananservice.com. Hi, this is Sean Callahan inviting you to join me for the Husker Online Show this and every Friday night during the football season from 6 to 7 right here on Big Red Radio 1110 KFAB. Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 the numbers to get in. We'll answer your calls for you, see if we can help you out. We're going to head over to David. David with the Ford Taurus. David, what's going on? Oh, not too much. I didn't have a question about my car. I had a question about electric cars. Um, how long are the batteries supposed to last in those things? Or Well, they're telling us uh, 10 to 15 years. But, you know... Batteries are condition-based, and... We really don't know until we get one that's got a... I mean, there's got electric cars, you know, Teslas and stuff. It's got 100, 200, some odd thousand miles on that get recharged all the time. But that's what they're saying. They're saying 10 years, but, you know, that's that's going to fail some at some point because in a real... In a in a, the best-case scenario, they all would last that long, but you know something's going to go bad. They're just a bunch of... Interestingly enough, they're a bunch of individual, like... C size batteries, mm-hmm. you know, right. they're just not, they're not very big. And then when you start putting each one of those together and, and all the bumps in the road and everything else, you're going to have something that falls apart. And, uh, then you've got to replace And some manufacturers I've been reading are trying to do it in pods. So if you have a, have one pod, that's bad, you can replace maybe just a section of them and pull them in and pull them out like a six pack or 12 pack. And then other ones that you have to do, if one goes bad, you've got to replace the whole shebang. You know, you got to replace it all. So there's yeah. various different ways of thinking about you. In my opinion, anything that you make like that, you need to service in some or, or put in some service abilities that allow you to be able to, to do bits and pieces here and there versus having to replace everything for... 15. That's a big commitment. It is for fifteen. You know, let's put a battery in for fifteen, or in Tesla's case, maybe twenty twenty five thousand dollars for a battery. You just who's go got, buy another car. Who's got twenty five grand to, to drop into a to make your electric car, car go again? You know, so that's that's why that's why my questions like, say you trade in the car, are you going to have to replace the batteries before you even can trade the car in? Well, <laughs> who's going to want to buy a car if they have to? put $25,000 into it right away. Exactly. There yeah. needs to be like a, some Toyota sort of... Toyota had that issue with the Prius early on, and yeah. they put a lifetime warranty on all those batteries because they were getting more cars back than they were selling at one point. Right. And right. Okay. Well, they, were, they were way early on, and those, of course, I mean, it was trial and error at that time, so their batteries weren't lasting as long as predicted, but... And as things go on, uh, technology is going to get better, and um, people are racing hard. And from the, the literature that I'm reading, they're racing hard for solid-state batteries. Solid-state batteries seem to be where the Holy Grail is at, and then everything else is going to be kind of left by the wayside. So, uh, you know, it's still the wild, wild west of we don't know. It, it really is. And uh, the, every 
the longer you can put it off, the the more the better off that you'll you'll be of getting something that's quality. And and I do agree. If you're buying a secondhand used car that's got a battery in it, well, we don't really have a meter to say this is thirty percent used, eighty percent used, twenty percent used. You just yeah, we can't load an AC battery. No. Yeah, you just it'd be nice to know, and that's just something that's going to have to go on, or somebody's going to have to test it, and that's going to have to get invented to be able to know. So. Okay, well, I just wanted to make a comment about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep my gas car as long as I can. I don't think, I don't think gas right. cars are going away either. They're, they're just not. Everybody's predicting they'll be gone. Uh, they're not going. They're not going anywhere. They'll be around. I, the president wants to make our military vehicles electric, and that's really a not very sensible. I don't know that that's going to work out too good. <laughs> it is if you that's stay home. Common sense. It is if you stay home and don't go anywhere. Yeah, you don't you don't just ship them across the world and and go over there. Right. And then you got to find somebody that's plugged into a wherever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hope that it isn't blown up or something. Or yeah, where are we taking those things? Do they even have an established power grid? Well, you can you can, can have, we plug this in. You can bring a generator with you, Kyle. And you just pour, well, you pour gas in the tank of the generator to to to. <laughs> we're polluting their air, to, not ours. <laughs> <laughs> to charge your electric tank. There you go. All right. Well, thanks. Appreciate Thank the call, David. Yes. All right. We're going to head over to Ryan. Ryan's got an 09 F-150. Ryan, what's up? Yeah. Um, 09 F-150. Uh, braking problem. The front right seems to lock up going down the road occasionally. So I replaced the hub on it thinking that was going to be the issue. At least that's what I was told. And said the caliper was fine, but now the symptoms back again, where it's starting to lock up, burning out brake shoes. So I'm just curious: do I go into the master cylinder next or not? What about the hose or caliper? Well, I was told the caliper was fine by the mechanic that worked on it for me, and so I thought, well, I'll stay away from that and go a little further into it. But I haven't checked the line yet. Yeah, a lot of rubber hose issues. Yep, can be. A lot of caliper issues. Calipers can bind at some point. I mean, it's a cylinder essentially moving in there. It can bind. Mm -hmm. So does this happen quite often or often enough that you can catch it doing it? Or you're just just noticing that it's wearing pads heavily on the right front? I I can smell it sometimes on longer trips, you know, say 20 miles or more. So your brake's hanging up. Yeah, it's hanging up. Yeah, yeah. I'd get in there and take everything apart, make sure there's no rust in anything. That caliper can move back and forth. Your slides are good. Is fluid moving there? So, yeah. Okay. So another way to do this, and, uh, you know, we've done this in the past, is get what tools you need and stick them in the truck. And then when, when uh, and this may not be very easy to do, but sometimes you can diagnose what it is. We'll take a car out and drive it, and then we'll all of a sudden see that this uh, – the right front was locking up. So we'll pull it in on the rack, lift it up. Does this wheel move on the right front? No, it's stuck. Left front moves real easily. And so then we'll crack the bleeder. Okay, if we crack the bleeder and the... the uh, pressure the, releases? The, yeah, the pressure releases, you, your caliper is going to be okay. Yeah, you got a hose issue. Your yeah, you got a hose okay. issue. If you crack that bleeder and your, and your tire and wheel still stuck, you got a caliper problem. Mm-hmm. Or... Oh, okay. Yeah. So just because it's not leaking, don't rule out your hose. They collapse inside before they'll leak outside. Yes. So the inside is very thin compared to the outside of, of that hose. I mean, it looks big on the outside. It's just 
pencil thin on the oh, end. Oh, yeah. So if you don't right. want to go through that diagnostic in order to find which one it is, if it was my car and I I'm just don't have the time to do that, I'm probably hanging a hose or a caliper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, or I'm putting, okay. I'm putting both of them on. On that truck, they're pretty affordable. Do them both. Yeah. If you're going to be a part, be a part. Yeah. Either way, you can yeah, bleed it. It's got 135,000 miles on it, so it's probably due, I suppose. Sure. Yeah, and, you know, he's the, – the guy that told you the caliper's okay is, is just – that's a snapshot in time. Right now it looks good, but the only time to really diagnose if it's good or not is when, when it's, it's stuck. an issue. Yeah. So okay. it, it, it's hard to know. It really is sometimes. That's why we go do what we do in order to be able to narrow it down specifically and say, okay, your caliper's fine, you got a hose issue. And if you got a hose issue – now, let's go over and do the other side, because if it did it on the one side, guess what's going to happen on the other side, and you're going to do the whole thing again. Just do them in pairs Right. done. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I'll check that out. All right. Appreciate the call. All right. Thank you. you yep. Bet. Bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break of Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be back in a moment. All the latest on the war on Israel and a lot more, too, as we get back to it. KFAB's Morning News, Monday. Very good. All right, we are back at the Mr. Mechanic Show. We're going to head over to Larry. Larry's got an 89 F-150. Larry, you there? Yeah, hi. What you got going on yeah, today? My, my buddy's got an 89 F-1, F-350 and it. He's got a crank no-start problem. He put any coil on it. He thinks it's a spark problem. How would I diagnose that? Well... We're going to have to see if it's got spark, and there's two ways to do this. Have your buddy put his thumb over the ignition coil while you start it. Yeah, and then that's one way. <laughs> if he jumps, we know we got spark. Yeah. Okay. That'll tell you if secondary emission is happening. Right. So. And yeah. you're probably going to want to do that. Well, but we better not put his thumb on there because that's Let's not put him at risk. That's not put him at risk and send him to the hospital. So check. Check uh, spark at the coil first at the end of the spark plug wire. Use a screwdriver, put it to ground, see if it jumps. If it jumps there, great, we got spark. Now do the same thing down at the spark plug because you could have spark at the coil but not through the distributor rotor into the actual spark mm-hmm. plugs. So do it down at the actual spark plug wire and see if you've got spark there. Uh, okay, thank you. Does that nope. have points in it? Nope. Nope. And in here, if you don't want to do that first, uh, have you tried spraying a little bit of alternate fuel into the uh, fuel injection? And uh, uh, no. Well, well, that's the easiest thing. Why don't you try to get a little bit of carburetor cleaner, spray it a little bit into the uh, That's fuel. a big block. You're going to have to give it a little juice. A little bit of juice, maybe a little bit of gas. See if it runs on its own with, with fuel. If, if it, it does, you know you okay. got plenty of spark. You know we got all the spark system is beautiful. We just have to, we've lost fuel. So... Once you make that fork in the road, then you can kind of go on to repair if it's fuel or if it, whether it's spark. Well, well, thank you very much. One more question. I, I added oil to my 90 model SHO, mm-hmm. and I overfilled it by a fourth of a quart. Is that going to hurt anything? Nope. No. Okay. No, nope. you're be fine. Just fine. Great. Little well, extra, thank little, you very much. little extra ain't going to hurt anything. It's a... Uh, the SHO is probably going to burn a little bit anyway. So, uh, yeah, you'd be great. Yeah, no problem at all. <laughs> okay, thank you. Have a good weekend. You too. Speaking of that, you, you know, I, you were talking about funny things. We first came on the air the other day. So we had a car come in that was, he said, all it had been sitting for a while. 
And those uh, are always fun. You never know what you're going to find. <laughs> so he, it all of a sudden started smoking from an exhaust uh, leak that was up front uh, by the uh, flex pipe, and it was smoking pretty good. And uh, so looking at this, look at that. It's got an exhaust leak, and come to find out, it's over on oil. So all right, it's it's over on oil. It's it's a ways up the dipstick, and mm-hmm. I mean like six eight inches up the dips. More than your average quart. So we kind of figured out that this car, uh, by looking at it, holds 4.5 quarts of oil. Mm-hmm. And we emptied two buckets of oil out of this thing. That's 12 quarts. <laughs> it had three gallons of oil in this Toyota Camry. <laughs> three gallons. And it still ran. He drove it down to the station. Love so it. we drained out, uh, you know, two gallons of oil. If we have... And reinstalled four quarts of oil. I have a story like that, too, involving <laughs> a guy that used to work for us that you know that I see every Monday for dinner, but uh, his brother had a Bronco, too, and the, the, it ran so bad that the wire came off the oil sender, so oh. the oil light was on, so he had it running at the gas station and just kept pouring oil in, oh. pouring oil in. That's why <laughs> we... Trying to get the light to go out. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So that's why we say if you overfill it, maybe a quarter of a quart or a half a quart. It's not the end no of the world. It is not the end of the world because this Toyota Camry was three gallons full of oil and still he drove it How down. How does to Toyota have a, do that? I don't know. They but, come in with engine full to the top with oil, empty on oil, and they run fine, not a noise. And then we went and drove it to get all the oil out of there. And I can tell you that all the mosquitoes out in that part of the town are... West Omaha are gone. gone. No, we don't have, I haven't gotten bit in a week. So, huh? all right, we're going to head over to Rick. Rick's got a lawnmower question. Rick, go ahead. Okay, I have a lawnmower with a battery in it, a 56 volt battery. Yeah. And that battery is going to get weak someday, and they're really expensive. Mm-hmm. So, um, I see online there's other batteries that are say compatible not the manufacturer's battery same voltage are they safe or is it viable to consider one of those would you happen to know um well there's always an off-brand to any kind of battery um as as those get more popular we, we got you got yourself an ego do you the 56 correct yeah yeah. Um, yeah, you're right they're going to get weak and you got to go out and replace those batteries as they get you know as with anything, is you're going to have to go back to how the manufacturer is. If they can manu- if somebody else is manufacturing that battery that actually fit in that holder and will go down in and, and make connection, I don't see any reason why you couldn't use it. I've done that with like Milwaukee hand tools, and they seem to work fine. But those batteries are also rebuildable. If you find a company that rebuilds batteries, there's a few in town. As those get more on the market, you're going to see more and more of uh, the aftermarket, so to speak, come oh, yeah. online and at a lower there. price to use it. Um, but then you always, you know, then you have to find out whether it's worth it, you know, because price sometimes just can be because it's OEM and, hey, I got you because that's what mm-hmm. you've got to use. And sometimes price dictates quality. So you, you go buy yourself something that's half price. You can't look inside to know what that quality is until you really go use it and say, okay, well, that didn't that didn't work out. So We got the Internet, and the Internet has reviews. Yeah. That's sometimes you, a little bit of reading will get you a long way. Yeah. Are, are, yours, are yours kind of getting lax already, or are you just kind of wondering? Well, I'm just looking down the road. <laughs> right. Sure. 
Right. Well, I can tell you, I have some ego stuff, and um, uh, not not a lawnmower like that, but uh, some of the smaller devices. And I can tell you, I've got great batteries. I got medium batteries, and I got batteries that don't last very long at all. So, uh, and that's the original battery that I had with that. So, it it just doesn't last like it used to. So, I, I haven't looked into it because it just haven't had it that long. Okay. But all right. That's going to happen. You're exactly correct. It just all depends on the quality, quality versus price of what you're getting. Sure. Someone just told me that if you buy an off-brand, it's a fire hazard, but I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, uh, not in that case. I mean, with lithium-ion, anybody that's going to manufacture it has to follow a certain amount of guidelines. I mean. We've used aftermarket batteries in a lot of our electronic tools oh, that, sure. that we use for our impact guns and sawzalls and all that kind of stuff that we use. And um, I will say, you know, I would probably stick with the manufacturer I, I, that built it because I think they're building a better product at this particular point. Cheaper isn't always better. Okay. It's just cheaper. Okay. Well, thank you. You bet. All right. We're going to head over to... Cody. Cody's got a Nissan. What? Yeah. We're gonna hang we're gonna hang tight. Cody, hang on. We'll answer your question off the air. So hang tight on the line. We'll we'll figure out what's going on. Sounds like we made it through the hour. We did make it through the hour. That was a fast hour. Appreciate Snuck all up on us. We appreciate all the Mr. Mechanic people that were calling in with questions. We appreciate that every week. Call in next week. 558-1110 is the numbers to call in. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.